changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your daily dose of Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration. It's Friend Friday, and today we have a special guest, my friend, Kristen Cusato. Kristen is the former Southwest Regional Director in Connecticut of the Alzheimer's Association, and she taught me most of what I know about Alzheimer's. She was a newscaster for decades, and then she left the TV business when her mother was diagnosed with a type of dementia that's not Alzheimer's, but it's called Lewy body dementia, but it has a lot of the same symptoms. And Kristen took care of her mother for years, went to work for the Alzheimer's Association because she became so passionate about helping people with dementia. Then she went back to San Diego after her mother died, and she went back on TV again. And now she's back in the field again, working for a Sanford Burnham Prebis. Is that how it's pronounced, Kristen? Prebis? Yes, it is. All right. And they are actually, it's a scientific institute. One of the things they're working on is finding cures and treatments for dementia. So, Kristen, welcome so much to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Thank you, Amy. So great to talk with you. Yeah, you are so important to Chicken Soup for the Soul. So here's what happened, everybody. Kristen and I were both speakers at this thing called the Big Book Club Getaway in 2013. And I was talking about Chicken Soup for the Soul, and she was talking about the Alzheimer's Association. And as I listened to her, I was so inspired. And I went up to her and I said, we have to make a book together. And then Kristen made it happen. She put me together with the national headquarters of the Alzheimer's Association. And in April 2014, we came out with our book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Living with Alzheimer's and Other Dementias. And it soared on Amazon its very first day. I think, I I don't know, it was like number two or 16 or some incredible number of all books on Amazon, not just its category, but of all books, period. And of course, we ran out immediately. It was like a huge hit. It was so exciting. And because we give all the royalties from that book to the Alzheimer's Association, we've raised tens of thousands of dollars for the Alzheimer's Association for all the individual local chapters and for the national headquarters. So it's all because of Kristen. And we are very grateful to you for having made this happen for us. Thank you so much. And thank you for being open to it. You know, I mean, gosh, when I just started on this journey, I knew nothing. And just think about how much you learn through the process. It's just unbelievable. And so my purpose in life, I feel like now, you know, um, trying to look for the good in the fact that I lost my mom early, you know, she died at 65, is that I can maybe take some of these stories and these things that I've learned and tips and skills and share them with other people going through it so it's not quite as painful, so the journey isn't quite as difficult as it is for so many. It was great for me because when I worked on that book, my two elderly parents were fine. And now, although my father does not have Alzheimer's, he is 88, and so he's forgetful. He's confused. He lives in the past. He does all of those things that happen with or without Alzheimer's. It's just a natural part of being very old. I use so much of what I learned from the book in how I manage his care, how I have conversations with him, how it makes me so much less irritated by having the same conversations over and over again. So it really has helped me. And I wanted to help our audience today 
by going through this amazing document that you created called The ABCs of Alzheimer's and Dementia for Caregivers, because this is like, this one document is like the Bible for us to keep us calm (laughs) and to help us do a better job with our loved ones. So let's talk about it, because this was like the most important piece in the whole book. No, thank you. Okay. I mean, it just came to me one day and I was going to make some sort of speech about my mom and I was like, how can I enumerate or how can I list all these tips? And I thought, oh, ABCs. Oh my gosh, let me run and see if that exists. And it doesn't. So it's A through Z and it's, you know, 26 different tips um, to try to, you know, keep keep your wits about you and, and, you know, not go crazy while you're trying to take care of somebody who is going away slowly from you. So, I mean, we start with A and A is approach with a positive attitude from the front with a smile. Um, oftentimes people can, um, with dementia, can sense your essence and sense your mood before they comprehend what's happening, what's coming out of your mouth. So I think that's the most important part. And they mimic as well. So approach them with positivity and a smile and you may get a smile back. That's great. So we have 26 great tips here. If you had to pull out, I don't know, six or eight of them as the most important for our listeners today, which ones would you pick? Um, I might jump around, but I'll definitely start with N, the never argue with the person with dementia, because everyone thinks, you know, when they really, they think it's Tuesday and I really need to make sure that they know it's Friday because it's very important that they know it's Friday. It's actually really not that important that they know it's Friday. Let them stay in this little place where they think it's Tuesday. If you just argue, you agitate yourself, you agitate them by telling them they're wrong. You got to remember, everything is so hard for them. You know, in the morning when they wake up, they're okay, and then it gets really confusing, and then it, they get tired, and everything is so challenging, and they have to overthink and work really hard to do things that we can normally do. Because what's happening in their brain, and I won't go into the crazy biology, but I mean, it's a processing disease, right? So there are plaques and tangles in their brain, which essentially prevent the messages from getting back and forth. So you're not going to be able to do as many things as you can do now when you don't have these plaques and tangles in your brain. So it's hard for them to get to the end game. It's hard for them to do things. So they get exhausted. So never arguing with them is like realizing that they have one reality, you have another they can't come into yours anymore, so go into theirs. Make up some stories. You can do some fiblets, we call them, kind of half fibbing and half white lie. You can kind of make something up or don't tell them the entire truth just to get through. It's not like you're disrespecting them. You're just trying not to argue and agree with them. So they're saying, it's Tuesday and it's really Friday. You say, yes, it is Tuesday, but today we're going to do what we normally do on Friday. Come on, Mom, let's go to lunch. Yeah, that That's makes one. total sense. I've already seen that. When my father gets something wrong, I don't try to correct him. It doesn't even matter. He's not even going to remember the wrong thing he said. The next time he'll say a different wrong thing. And it makes me a lot calmer thinking about what you had taught me about let them have their reality. Don't try to bring them back into yours. Your reality is no longer relevant to them. All right. Give us another top tip. All right. Um, Let's see. I think that... The Q is very interesting. C for Q the person. So instead of asking, do you want to put on your sweater or what do you want for lunch? Remember the choices are difficult for them, you know, so perhaps putting two sweaters in front of them. Do you want to wear this yellow one or this blue one versus why don't you go to the uh, 
the closet and pick out a sweater. It's very hard for them to think. There's so much that's hitting them and overwhelming them with choices. So kind of limit the choices. Or cue, meaning just put a sweater on and say, hey, why don't you put your sweater on too? Don't say, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, you know, you're not really enabling them. You're just kind of making it a little simpler so you can get to the end game. So that's a good one. Let's see. I also like the validation. So I think validating them and letting them know that what they say is okay and right, because they're being told that they're wrong a lot. And they're also feeling probably that the words that, you know, sometimes they have different things go on with the aphasia or they're choosing the wrong words for things. So people are kind of looking at them weird. So they think it's right in their brain, but it's coming out different in their mouth, from their mouth. So kind of validating them. Yes, you're right, mom. And, and even saying, yes, I know this sucks. You know, I remember being one time my mom was already in a wheelchair and she was already, you know, not able to communicate very well. And she had a heart attack, all these things at 62 years old. And here she is. And I'm, I'm and she was sad. And I kneeled down next to her. I said, you know, mom, I know it sucks, but I'm here with you and I'm going to be with you through this. And I'm validating your feelings. And I know you're sad, but we're going to try to do this together. Yeah, that makes so total sense. I well. do that with my father. I say, I know how awful this is for you. You lost your dog. Three days later, you lost your wife. You had to leave your house and move into uh-huh. assisted living. Like, these are all really hard things. And you'd be crazy if you weren't thinking that this stinks. But this is your new life. It's not going to go back to the way that it was. But I totally understand why you're nervous and afraid and upset about all of this. And that really does help because if you just say, oh, it's going to be fine. Well, you're not validating their feelings at all. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. I also think the F, the follow the lead. If the person with dementia wants to tell the same story over and over again or wash the same dish, let them. I had one woman who said, oh my God, my mother won't stop vacuuming. She just keeps vacuuming and vacuuming and vacuuming. Well, you know what? Maybe the hum gives her some sort of pleasure. Maybe that is an easy thing that she can do where you're not letting her cook anymore or she's not able to cook anymore because she might burn things or whatever. So if that's how she feels like she wants to help or clean, let her do it. It's not harming anyone, right? Let them do things over and over. If they want to keep making the bed, if they want to, like I said, wash the same dish, they want to tell the same story. It's really up to us to change our brains around. We need to go to the place where we have a lot more patience and where we kind of accept where they are and accept what's happening with them. It's hard for us because we don't want them to be wrong. We don't want them to be sick. We don't want them to have these things and be in pain. So it's up to us to really change our brains around and say, yeah, mom, tell me again about how you had your, tell me again about your your prom or tell me again about the wedding with dad. I want to hear the story again or tell me again about this or that. And you just have to have patience. And also that you could learn some really interesting things, you know, when they're talking about history and talking about the past, you may not even be paying attention. And that goes to another one, which is kind of revel in the joyful moment. Because these moments are so important. There's so many moments that I have with my mom in my brain from, you know, one night we were watching, she used to love Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. And we were watching Wheel of Fortune. And, you know, this is when she wasn't even communicating. She was barely even speaking. And I remember someone solved the puzzle with maybe two letters on Wheel of Fortune. And we were both, I was shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, mom, this is amazing. Boy, she, I can't believe she did that. She's fantastic. And mom said, well, yes, yeah, she is. And I was like, oh, mom's speaking and she was engaged. And so I will never forget that moment, you know? So take these moments and let them fill you up. You just need to. Yeah. And how about 
caregivers remembering to take care of themselves. Is that on this list? Oh, that's so important. It is. It is. It's under X. We'll, we'll excuse the E in front of the X. Because <laughs> yeah. what else did you have for under exercise? exercise right? and, under, and under Zs for let the person rest and then right. you rest as well. <laughs> and under M for mistakes, you will always make mistakes. It is so okay to do the wrong. You have to forgive yourself. Caregiving is a very hard job and you can never be a perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect caregiver. You just do the best you can. And the good thing about it is that that tomorrow's another day, you know, and that the next hour is another hour. But you just do the very, very best you can and keep giving them love. But if you do not, as a caregiver, oh, that's what it is. It's under oxygen, my dear. Oh, for oxygen. Oh, yeah. Like on an airplane, take your oxygen first. Care for yourself. Because if you're not healthy and strong, you're not going to be worth anything to your loved one who has dementia. So don't forget to go to the doctor yourself. Don't forget to take vitamins, if you take vitamins. Don't forget to get rest and eat well and do things every once in a while to get your brain away from taking care of someone with dementia. So if you don't take care of yourself, people collapse. People you know, end up in the hospital while they're taking care of someone else because they forget to take care of themselves. Yeah, that's really dangerous. Then then who's going to take care of that person? So I love these ABCs. I think if somebody just studied all 26 of them, it would make their journey as a caregiver so much easier. And it doesn't really matter whether you're the grandchild, the child, Mm -hmm. or the spouse. These are all useful tips for the entire family. So, Kristen, Thank you so much for sharing these tips with us today. Thank you, Amy. Yeah. It's an amazing book, and I hope that, you know, it's still absolutely relevant. There's 101 stories from caregivers who've been through all sorts of things. So go get it, folks, because it definitely will help you. Yeah, and it supports the Alzheimer's Association. And and April, I think, is one of those months where we're supposed to pay attention to brain injuries, Mm. brain awareness. I don't know. I know there was something about April being one of those months, but there's a million of those holidays, those special months now. Everybody, thank you so much for listening today. I'm Amy Newmark. If you want to learn more about Kristen's ABCs of dementia, you can read them again in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Living with Alzheimer's and Other Dementia. And all the royalties from that book go to support the Alzheimer's Association. Come back Monday for more on this topic. We're going to talk about a story from our Alzheimer's book, that will help anyone who's dealing with a friend or a family member with dementia. 